This month, we are sipping on Maker's Mark. Originally founded by Bill Samuels in 1953, who started out with his 170-year-old family recipe. Combined with the knowledge of his wife, Margie, they experimented with different grains and decided to substitute traditional rye with red winter wheat, giving Maker's a delicate sweetness, which ultimately substituted the bite that a lot of rye whiskeys had and still have today. Combining their unique mash with distillery-fed natural Kentucky limestone water gives Maker's Mark a pure drinking experience. Distilled and bottled in beautiful Loretto, Kentucky, go pick yourself up some Maker's Mark today. And remember to please drink responsibly. The strain of the month today is Big League Sherb. This strain is an indica-dominant hybrid made from combining sunset sherbet and rainbow chips whose ancestors come from fan favorites such as OG Kush, Cherry Pie, GSC, and Durban Poison. Users will enjoy a modest THC content of 19% with aromatic notes of skunky citrus combined with herbal and peppery flavors. Most consumers of Big League Sherb report feelings of being relaxed and focused. If you're 21 and over... Go online or call your local dispensary to see if Big League Sherb is available for you. It's funny. I was we were talking about um, like ancient civilizations last week, and I was reading yesterday in the gym. Um, we were uh, I was working out in the gym, and uh, I was just in between sets, so I, something popped up on my phone about um, a meteor just missing the Earth recently. Um, I think I heard about that actually. Okay, so it was like I think it was like a Russian or Ukraine um, astrologer who found it, and uh, it literally was within. I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but it was within. So satellites, I think, are launched at about twenty-two thousand feet. This is within that, so it was even closer to the Earth than, than our satellites. satellites are. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that wild, dude? I, there's near. I hear there's near misses all the time. Absolutely. So. Um. Yeah. So and just. It's so interesting when you think about how, uh, you know, the real reality of potentially ancient civilizations. Bro, we're on a space rock. Right. Like, we're literally (laughs) on a floating rock. We are. Right. That's fucking crazy. And when I think about that, dude, like, it makes me realize, like, one, just how small I am. And two, why do I worry so much about stupid things? Because people are petty. You know what? I think it. I think it's like we put ourselves at the center of the universe. We do, of course. Right. Well, but in a way, you have to, right? You can't. You don't want to be cocky about it, but in a way, you have to fucking take care of you. You got to take care. You got to do you. you for sure. You have to take care of you, but you know we also have to be, you know, respectful to our citizen, like our fellow citizens, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Our fellow citizens. Well, it's, it, it is the truth. Like, you I sound I, like Stallone in fucking what was that cop movie with Sandra Bullock oh, back in the day? Oh my, Demolition Man! Yeah, baby. you sound like all our fellow citizens. Be well, John you sound Spartan. Like Homelander. I freaking love <laughs> John that John Spartan. That's my, right. That's my, my buddy and I. We always we say that every time we we leave one another. Be well. Be well, citizens. Yeah. Well, it's but it's the truth. Like I I want to be uh, I want to be uh, respectful, pre- respectful, and a productive member of society, which you are. I am. You are. I think I am. A lot of people are. For sure. And that, and that's just it. But but my point is like worrying about just like stupid things like because I think in a way we won't admit it, but we understand how fragile we are. So do you think there's like a sense of insecurity? Absol- like an Absol- inherited insecurity Absol- within every human being? Absolutely. 
about the the reality of just how insignificant. Yeah, because people don't see that shit. People don't talk about it. Right on social media, it's all this is my perfect life. This is me smiling and happy. Right, right. When once that camera's not rolling anymore. Yeah. People but are going through that shit. You know, just, but just to put, I don't want to say insignif- how insignificant life, uh, how insi- insignificant life is. I mean, it, re- it is, it is significant to the individual. It has to be. You know, but, but the, what I'm saying is the mass amount of things that we worry about, like, you know, just, stre- just little stupid stressful stuff like, oh, you know, the dishes are in a sink and I got to go here and I got to do this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, when you think about, how well, in the big picture, it means absolutely nothing. Exactly, and that's my point. So I, when I think about it that way, it always kind of makes me take a step back and says, "Hey, man, just take a breather, relax. Like you're gonna get through this. It's gonna be okay." Because there's a lot of there's a bigger picture out there that you're not thinking about. Yeah, but that's not most people. Well, maybe uh, maybe there could be a change. You know. It, See, I it think can't. It, you know why? Why? Because it doesn't happen on a global scale. Each individual has to change. And that's that takes a lot. Like it takes a lot for somebody to change. And it's either gotta it's it gotta come from like something bad that happened in their life that totally fucked them up, mm. or they just have to fucking be strong enough mentally to do it. Because anybody can change for a day. Can you do it consistently over time? So that's so my whole thought process is I always want to try to push to be the best version of myself. And the way to do that is to recognize well I this is how I always try to think about it. like I need to recognize well, right, what are some of my 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 flaws. And then Okay, now how can I work on this flaw in order to just improve it just a little bit? You know, or what are some goals and habits that I want to incorporate in my life? And can I do these enough to where it becomes part of my routine? And then it, it molds me into growing as a better human being, right? So then recognizing every day, it's like, okay, here's this thing. Here's one of my flaws here. It's coming up. And like, I'll give you an example. When I was younger and in my teens, I, I had a very aggressive mentality. Um, not that I was disrespectful, not that I would look, I was, I freaking hated bullies. And it, you know, I would always stand, I always, always felt as my, like trying to stand up for people that were being picked on. That couldn't stand up for themselves. Exactly. Cause I knew I could stand up for myself. Right. And so that means I could stand up for them. But, I was I had a real short temper. And, you know, in relationships, whether it was some um, you know, let, let's just say like a, a, a girlfriend, you know, how easy it could be to lash out and like raise my voice with certain things and whatnot, or, you know, or be jealous and realizing like this is not the person that I want to be. I gotta be better than this. If I ever want to have any meaningful relationships with people, especially like in, as a you know in a romantic relationship, I can't be lashing out. I can't be yelling, raising my voice. I, I have to focus on trying to understand who I'm with and and what is their position. And if I lash out, what good is that going to do? It's only going to back them into a corner. So how can I hash this this issue we're having out in a respectful manner where we're not disrespecting each other? We're not raising our voices to one another. 
And then doing that enough times over the years and, and then being at a point where I feel like in my life where now like, okay, I have a control of my temper. Control is very difficult, man. That's something that you have to work on, right? It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It took many years. It's fucking a mental thought that you have to say, okay, I'm going to do this right now. And, and you have to keep thinking that. Right. For months right. and months and months. And you, it, it never ends, dude. Oh, it needs to become a habit, though. Right. Yeah, at some point, it will become a habit, and it will become you know second nature, and you'll just become that person. But at first, you're gonna have to like make them. You're gonna have to be like offended, and then be strong enough to be like, nope, I'm not gonna go there right now. Yeah. Well, you. I mean, I think you just said it. You. There has to be. You have to put down your ego enough to say this is an issue. But the ego wants to get in the way so much all the time, and say, no, 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 no. You're perfect. No. See, I don't believe that. I don't think. I don't think I'm perfect. Like, no, I don't think I'm perfect, but I think people that are maybe narcissistic or well, narcissists are that's a completely different conversation, right? We're talking about the people as a whole, just similar to us, I guess. Or, well, we're talking about people that are getting bullied too. So people that are maybe insecure, or, bullying somebody else, picking well, on they're somebody both else. insecure. Like the person bullying is insecure. Yeah, that's why he's picking on them. Something happened to him, and then the person that he's picking on, if they can't stand up for themselves, is going to feel insecure from being bullied. Right. How do you think um, people? How do you think people could get the courage enough to start standing up for themselves? We know the answer to that. Like this is why I love Jordan Peterson. Like you fucking. People, men in mm. general, but people in general should be savages. Savages. Like, but in control. Like Jordan Peterson says, like, I would rather be a, you should be a warrior in a garden mm. who never has to fucking fight. Right. Or would you rather be like a, a, a gardener, gardener in, in a war? war? Like, you're, you're fucked. Right. Fucked. So you should be a savage and then you should learn to control it. Right. And I think initially when people hear that, they automatically think of, you know, violence and um, war and control, but that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is have the ability... Have the ability to... Men should be dangerous. People should be, like, danger. The ability to, like... You should have the ability to hurt someone. Like, you should. But be able to control to not. You have to control it to just be, like... The, that guy that breaks shit up, right? Like, and that, then right, you have the you have the cap- capability of like fucking someone up, right? But you shouldn't, you know, just be in control. You, you only bring that out if you have to, right? Like a samurai. Yeah, if you if it's time to go to war, it's time to go to war. Like, but if you're a farmer and you're ready to go to war, we're all dying. Yeah, I think um, I think in our culture though, it seems like we're having. This issue where men aren't allowed to be men. Well, of course. Um, this is a whole like can of worms to, yeah. to jump into. Like we talk about it a little for sure, but yeah, men are not allowed to be, or they're looked at a certain way if we act a certain way. I get talked about all the time, like that I'm, I fucking look angry all the time. Yes, you do have that kind of face. I got a resting bitch face, I guess, <laughs> for a dude. Resting dude bitch face. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Rest, but Resting dick face. 
Sure. <laughs> that, it could be that too. But people think I'm angry at all times. So a lot of times I would find out later from said person right. that they didn't approach me. Yeah. Because I... The way you looked. I looked angry. Yeah. Well, and that and it's just I think that just goes to show where people it's it's natural, unfortunately, to judge one another. Right. But it there is an instinctual aspect to, Happens to all day long to everyone. Exactly. Right. We're we're all judging one another. And it's not to say that we're 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 basically it's just, it's a it's an instinctual thing of self preservation. Because, you know, if you're walking down the street, let's say in a city, and you look down this dark alley, and there looks like to be, you know, a couple, you know, guys down there, are you going to naturally just want to walk down the street? No. No. I, I wouldn't. No, you're going to think twice about it. Right. Why? Because I don't want to put myself in a situation to where... Well, that's, that's, that's street smart. Right? Right. But my point is... I'm I'm judging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm judging the. You're shit judging situation. the people that are down there, and they might be they might be wonderful human beings, right? But the well, just the chance that something could happen, even if it's like ten percent, that's right. high. That's a high number for sure, yeah. right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go go down that. Street. Keep your, you avoid that shit, right? And we all naturally do so, stuff like that. But when we're talking about judging, I think what people and this is something that I, I've I've realized over the years, where yeah, I may I may be judging a situation or maybe a person, but I'm always going to give them a chance when it comes to if I feel like the situation's safe. Like, like again, I'm not going to go down the alley to find out if they're nice. Right, but you are judging if the situation is safe because of who that person. Like, you're trying to to figure out who he is and then judge the situation at the same time. Exactly. Right. So let's say I'm at a a, at a party. Right. Uh, It could be a birthday party. And I, I I meet somebody new. Well, right away we're 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 sizing each other up as Absol- far as like instantly. Right, like what's who is this person? Yeah, instantly. What's you he know, about? Absolutely. He yeah. looks. He looks. Um. You know. He how's maybe, he talk? Right. How's how he standing? Ex- how, like, exactly. Everything. Exactly. So, but then I'm I'm even if I'm like I don't know about this person, I'm still always going to give them the chance because my mind could always be changed. Well, you look. It doesn't take long to get your first reaction of someone new. Doesn't take long at all. Like first conversation, first few conversations, within five minutes, I already know who I'm talking to. Right. Yeah. I, I would I would definitely agree. I, well, in, in within that five minutes, I feel like I, I always, I, I, can't, I don't know. It's like this and weird woo. I feel like there's a, this may be woo-woo, but. Woo-woo. <laughs> woo-woo. Like the energy between people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's good and you bad know, energy. Right? You so can I'm feel like, that shit. I don't, I don't have good energy with you. Yeah, but right now, now. It, it's also just a first impression. Though, keep that in mind because well, and, the right. conversation could continue, and you could totally change your opinion. And there's been plenty of people in my past where initially I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. But then you know, then you, they're you, cool as hell, right? You meet them again. There's a lot of people or, like that. Exactly. Yeah. There's a ton of, and that's what I'm saying. I always give people the chance to, you know, I've talked grow. to some people that I didn't think I would ever like um, click with. And then 10 minutes later, they're like your best friend. Yeah, I agree, buddy. What was something that, you know, I didn't start smoking marijuana until I was in my late 20s. And, and you know, talking about giving people the opportunity to change, right? When I was in my teens, I was militant against any sort of drug or any, or, 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 and, that, and that included alcohol. I did not drink before I was 21. And I just said I, I, I didn't start smoking until I was in my late 20s. And when I, you know, when I first had alcohol for the first time was after, not for the first time, I should say that. But when I really, the first time I ever got drunk was after when I was 20, after my 21st birthday. I had one drink on my 21st birthday. One. Mm. 
Um, I was thrown up in the woods on my 21st birthday <laughs> <laughs> at a bar. I was at a bar drinking, um, uh, I forget. It was my birthday. We were at this place in my hometown, Chevy's 57 it was called. Okay. And every Friday and Saturday night, crazy party. Crazy DJ. Was it, a, was it like a club? It was, like it was a, a bar. Sla- it was a bar. It was okay. a bar with a dance floor and a DJ spot. And okay. it was, you talk about a hot spot for like a four-year period. Insane. Insane, but I was drinking. I think Red Death all night. Red Death? What is that? It's a it's a mix of liquor. It's strong. It's delicious, and it fucks you up. So I had a couple of them and some beers, and I remember just throwing up in the woods at like right like midnight, like right when I turned twenty one. <laughs> I was throwing up in the woods, and I threw up for about an hour. Came back in, started drinking again. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, it was was pretty nasty. Yeah, I so yeah, I was the exact opposite, dude. And um, like I mean, like I said, I, I might have had a sip of beer. You know, my great grand—I grew up with my great grandmother too. So she uh, she was in in my life until I was in my early teens. But um, awesome woman. So every once in a while, she would always have beer, like a, a in the a, fridge. Or, yeah, she would have a, a beer bit. with dinner, or a beer yeah. or pizza, or whatever. You get a sip. I get a sip, right? Um, and then maybe I had like a Smirnoff. Smirnoff. Oh. <laughs> right. Maybe at my buddy's house. Maybe when I was like 20, 20 years old or 19 years old. But but that was really about it. Smirnoff. Maybe, You've been I iced. Should, maybe I shouldn't say this. Why? I was going to, you know, go in on Smirnoff. I don't. Let's uh, say I like Smirnoff. Smirnoff. Do you? Yeah, it's vodka. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. It's just like bones. And, and uh, you don't. Oh, it, didn't and, do, it uh, did not sit well with you, did it? No, I was never a big fan of tequila or um, vodka. No, I drank it when I was younger, but nah, not a big fan. Yeah, I. Uh, now, but if you want to sponsor us, Smirnoff. Yeah, but now we're they don't make a bourbon, dude. It's all right. We'll we'll, we'll change it to bourbon blunts and Smirnoff and vodka, <laughs> vodka. <laughs> um, but you know what it was like. My grand, uh, my grandfather again. I had it. Fantastic grandparents. Um, I remember when I was young, maybe four or five years old, my grandfather driving his old, like, 1970s or 80s uh, single cab Ford. He also had a Dodge that was like that, and uh, that had a certain smell, right? And he would always tell me, he's like, listen, you know, you don't, you don't, don't get involved with, you know, people that are drinking or doing drugs, He's like, you don't want to hurt grandma and grandpa. You don't want to hurt oh, wow. mommy and daddy. And get I, you with know. the guilt trip. Well, I, you know, I wasn't thinking about being guilty at the time, but I was like, man, I love my grand, I, I love yeah, my grandfather. Yeah. I love my mom and dad and grandma. Like, I, I don't want to disappoint them. You know, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to hurt them. So, and part of my, you know, I have, I have a very intense mentality, and uh, you know, that just kind of led into as I got older. Like, no, I'm not. I am not drinking. I'm not doing drugs. If you smoked weed, you were a piece of shit in my yeah, mind. Yeah, growing up, it was the same kind of culture by me. Like, if you did any drugs. Like, right. And I was, I didn't believe in, like, marijuana or anything until I was, well, until I tried it. Yeah. Which was around probably 17, 18 years old. That is one thing I am glad where, I, d- I don't think this is for teenagers. Because it's, it looks like that the evidence on marijuana seems fairly clear that it could stunt your brain development. That's just some of the research that I read. I could be uh, completely wrong with that now. Maybe new research came out. But I am glad that I waited because I feel like I appreciate it more. And it's the same thing with alcohol. Like, I'm not a giant drinker at all. Maybe I have one or two drinks a week, tops. 
Um, and sometimes I don't even drink at all during the week, yeah. at, like at any drink at yeah. all during the week. I've only uh, recently had a few drinks. Like before this, I've had a six pack. I've had a six pack of beer in my fridge for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I think there's three left. Right. I think I've had three over a four year period. But there was periods, and I can I imagine the same thing to you. It's like there was periods of your life where oh, drinking was heavy. Right, your drinking was a lot heavier yeah, every weekend and, for sure. Right, and and that, that's another thing I can say that marijuana has done for me is it's made me not even you don't it's care maybe about drinking. Not not nearly as much. No. Do I enjoy like again? Do I enjoy like a whiskey or bourbon? Yeah, a glass of bourbon, uh, or yeah, something for bourbon sure. and blunts for sure. Love it, but one maybe two. Tops, storm, no, like you're sipping at, on it for a while, all week, and just chilling, yeah. and, that, and that's it. And sometimes it's, it's none at all. The importance of forgiveness and forgiving individuals for things that they have done in their past, because I think sometimes the natural reaction for someone is to think about a slight that a person did to them maybe 10 years ago and then still view that individual as a same human being today, 10 years later. And I think we need all need to recognize, and maybe this could be a, a good way to get towards a, a better society, is being able to recognize that individuals and people grow and giving them the chance to grow by forgiving them. Not that you necessarily have to forget, but well, allow, he, allowing them to the freedom to grow as an individual and to show like, hey, I've changed, and I'm really, really sorry for what I've done. <laughs> So in a fairy tale world, that sounds fantastic. That's how it should be. But you meant, right? If can you, you imagine can, everybody if you can did create that? a world in VR. Mm-hmm. Next episode about VR, by the way. Okay, oh, yeah, that was a wild experience. So if you can create uh, um, a population mm-hmm. like that, great. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not who we are. That's not who people are. Like people, when they are slighted. A lot of them take it personal instantly, mm-hmm. and they will cut you off immediately, which isn't a bad thing to cut somebody off that hurts you. Or people that are maybe you know dragging you down. Yeah, like those people deserve to be cut off. But the, the problem is it depends on what they're doing to you. Like if somebody, I don't know, I'm an animal lover. If somebody killed my dog, yeah, I'm not forgiving that person. I'm never going to talk to that person. I'm not going to do anything. But I'm not he, I'll never forgive him for what he did. I will allow it to be. Right. But I don't need to forgive him for what? He, he literally killed my cat. Right, but imagine so or dog. But, but would you but would you want to try to like in order for you to let that go? Yeah. I right? would see see I would be able to let it go. I'm different. Like I, I'm not going to hold a grudge against somebody and stress about it. Right, but but then essentially that he's, is forgiveness. He's just labeled. That person is now labeled for me in a box in my brain that says, I don't like what he did. I don't agree with him. I don't for sure. For, I don't forgive him. I don't need to forgive him. But do you, He's just a person to me. He's just some person that did something real wrong to me. Right. And but that's you, where he stays. But do you think by not forgiving that individual... That comes back to haunt you no, because I'm you not internalize haunted. that. I'm not. I don't though. That's the thing. But some people do. Well, if you do, then maybe you should think about trying to let it go. For me, I don't have that issue. I can label him as unforgivable, right? 
and just go about my day. Like, I don't stress about it ever. Right. But what I'm saying is, do you allow this person to become more in your life? No. Now, why is that? That he would have, because one, the cruelty of his act. Like, if, it, if he did something else to me and it just hurt my feelings, sure. Like, I got you. I would forgive, move on. But we're talking about the level of the thing that was done to me. Right, there's different okay. levels. Some are forgivable, right, in my mind, and some are not forgivable in my mind. Like, what if he killed your family member? Well, that and so here's what I think. So, trying to put myself in that situation, I would want to try to understand where did that person come from. What What is their background? You sure like? you would? I like well. Also, well, well, again, I'm. I'm saying this, and I and I and I want to feel this way because there's going to be fury. There's going to be like I would have to go through all the emotions. Yes, yeah, so it would be right? a while. But there would have to be a point where I reach that I have a choice, where I could hold in this anger and this pain. Well, that's the thing. Like if it's eating you up inside, well, then, so, you, and, then you have to make a choice to let it go. Well, that and then, but that's what I'm saying. Like. Wouldn't that if if you if you don't have a lot of these feelings this this these feelings of anger and hatred and all that sort of stuff anymore? Wouldn't that be You're a sign the of, same thing that you let it go? Wouldn't that be a sign of forgiveness? I mean, you can call it that. The difference is if you forgive somebody, maybe you let them back in your life, right? Like if I forgive, say I forgive that person, they'd still never be back in my life. Trust, once it's broken, is gone forever. It's gone forever. You're not rebuilding my trust. You can't. Even if, like, say you're in a relationship and somebody breaks their trust, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you can say, like, whatever, after you guys work it out or not, you can sit there and say, all right, I'll trust you again. But you're always going to think in the back of your mind that something might be different. Always. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That trust never comes back completely. There's always a crack in the foundation and that's going to stay there. I, I think it does stay there for a bit, but I do think there can be a period of time where it's almost like a, a distant past where you you were a different human being. Well, yeah, you're going to change. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. Everything like, everything that happens to you makes you become right. a little different. Right, you you realize, like, I, right, just reflecting upon my life, it's, it's so interesting how there's been so many periods where I feel like I've just evolved from, okay, so this point I was kind of this way, and then I grew, and now here I was at this period of my life, and now I was kind of that way, and recognizing like, oh man, I, I had some of these demons that I needed to work out and take care of, and and like just evolving and kind of growing, and that's what I'm saying. Like if somebody, you know, like you're saying, like a, you know, maybe being unfaithful in a relationship, right? Like that that can be very hurtful, and. But that doesn't mean that's who you are 10 years, you know, who you're going to be 10 years later. Well, you're not going to be that person. And, and, and that's later. what I'm saying. Or, or potentially in this particular area of your life, you, you could be. And this, is, this is, goes, goes back to my point of wanting to constantly recognize some of your demons, your flaws, and then work and constantly work to change and become better within that area of your life. This way you can move on and be... and and. And ultimately, you know, be better for everybody. Now, we just keep evolving, right? With, with right. you know. Yes, <laughs> we, we do keep evolving. But it's different for young. Yeah. It's different if you're younger. Well, and I think there's less self-awareness when you're You're going to take it more personal when you're younger. Yeah. But, again, hopefully the point is to recognize that 
and just work to be better. That's it. Everything in life takes discipline. That's it. Right? Yeah. Like you can say I'm going to change, but if you only do it for one day, it's not really changing. You need to do it for the second day, the third day, the fourth day, on and on and on and on. Well, that's 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 about creating habits, right? A couple good. Oh, actually, a couple good books I could recommend on that. Atomic Habits, uh, James Clear, and um, not sponsored. No, Mr. I, Clear is <laughs> an author. I know that's <laughs> why I said Mr. Clear, <laughs> Mister. Um, and uh, oh God, I forget um, the Compound Effect by uh, God. That's going to drive me nuts. Um, God, look look that up. Compound Effect. Compound Effect. But anyway, I mean, anyways, just fantastic books as far as like growth and change. Oh, uh, Darren Hardy. That's it. Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Fantastic books on uh, habits, change, growth. Yes, and, book uh, by Darren Hardy. Yeah. And um, some of the best books I've read, to be quite honest with you. Well, my friend, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? You want to wrap this up? Yeah, we'll wrap this up. And um, just letting everybody know, listening to audio only, we are now on My Heart Radio. We are also on Spotify. We are also on Google Podcasts, soon to be on iTunes. We're also on anchor.fm, and uh, that's it, man. Yeah, sweet. Thank you so much, everybody. This is Bourbon and Blunts. Deuces.